Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 288. Blast off. Hello, Julius. How are you doing, Albert? Doing all right. You ready for a stellar episode? Have, oh, I hope so. Have you ever seen the Penn and Teller performing Lift Off for Love? No, I have not. I've not seen them do that one. It's a humorous uh, act where they're doing, to the tune of Blast Off, they're doing a magic act, and it's called Lift Off for Love. And as we're recording this about Stellarion on Valentine's Day, I uh, ah. thought that was a very appropriate <laughs> little uh, reference. Nice. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't catch that one, but I like that. Yep. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Though I'm guessing <laughs> we're a little late. Sorry, listeners. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Planning ahead is not the strong suit for this podcast. I think. <laughs> no, it is not. Just just looking at how many episodes we've missed lately, uh, you know, because we're doing weekly shows every few weeks. Mostly weekly. <laughs> Mostly weekly. We, we got to take a day off here and there. That's right. Don't be surprised if we, we skip another episode this next week, just FYI, listeners. Because, because we're yeah. running behind and we don't have one in the tank. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... Today we're talking about Stellarian. This is the last game to have come out in the Oniverse series, and so the last game in our in our well, the series. Most recent game. It's not the last one in the series. I'm, since yes, they have you. teased two more. They've teased two more, and they are going to reprint Equilibrion or Urbion. I don't know about that. The, it's in the list because if you look at the little sheet that comes with the with a Stellarian, it has it in there. No, I'm I just saying I have it's... no idea what Urbion is. It, it doesn't oh. exist yet. Does it, oh doesn't exist yet yeah no I can't wait to find out more about it I wonder what it is maybe it's some sort of block building game or something with like could be cubes yeah who knows right <laughs> some of us might know so yeah this is a this is the latest game it is actually I thought it was really similar to the last game right in, in mechanically yeah. speaking but this is a game about ex- studying the solar systems and sending ships out to space. Yes, humorously, it still has to do with like launching stuff up in the air, just a little bit farther now. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and not only is it a similar theme, but it's even a similar mechanic in this game in that there's a lot of uh, going through your decks and managing your decks. Yes, there's deck management, but whereas the last game, I feel like, focused much more on the Yahtzee element and those dice, and those dice were fueling how you manage the deck, and the deck was fueling how you manage the dice. This one, the deck manages the deck, and it's all in the deck. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the deck. So, yeah. So, so before we get too much into that, how about we then uh, jump forward into the, uh, into the... What's next? I believe the components. The components? Let's do components. Um... So we talked about decks. This game has a lot of cards, ish. Not not tons like say Onirum, but it's all it's primarily cards. It, the the main mechanic. So it's gonna be a six decks, no eight decks of cards, eight small decks of cards. I think they bring what um, eight cards each deck. So it's sixty four mm-hmm. cards. Assuming you don't have any of the expansions in. Right. There's more. There's expansions that add more cards, but not tons more. But besides that, there's also there's and there's the expansion stuff. There's boards, or one board. I'm sorry. There's tokens for the boards. There's the Meeple guy, the Glaucus son that goes on the board. This is for the expansion. And what else is there? Oh, there's little to- uh, tokens that you're going to use for yet another expansion. The theories and the breakthroughs. And and the rest is all more cards. And there's a little little tokens for the shooting stars that Julius likes. 
He likes these tokens better than he did in uh, Arion. I do. They're much more <laughs> similar in style yep. between them, so it it makes just more sense. I think. Yeah, I saw that. Said that there's different styles, but they're not so different like the other ones were, like in size and what. They're relatively similar. So I bet you Julia's gonna be happy with them. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and they work. And so these are shooting stars. So these are all the things in the game. I'm kind of like just throwing them all out on the table and just telling you what they are. Not much else about them. Um, I did say there's eight decks of cards. Each of the decks is a different. Well, let me summarize before Albert says what he's about to say. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. three different types of. There's there's four different types of things across the decks. There's either ships, planets, sto- uh, stars or nebulas and there's four different colors there's black purple white and orange each deck has eight cards which is two of each thing and all of them of one type so for instance there's a ship deck a nebula deck a star deck and a planet deck and in the planet deck there's two of each color so there's two black planets two purple planets two white planets and two orange planets similarly there's one for the different colors there's a set where everything's black and it's two ships, two nebulas, two stars, two planets, etc. Each of those decks are all individual, all of eight cards. You will sh- you're going to end up shuffling each of them, and each of them is marked on the back by what type of deck it is. Like the ships all have a ship marked on the back, and on the front side, all have a ship on the bottom of them. Much better than the way I was describing things. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you removed all the confusing I was adding. All the confusion I was adding. It's that whole lawyer skill. Yeah, there I'm you good go. with the words. <laughs> You're good with the words. Yeah. Um, so those are the decks. Besides the, the decks, right, then there's also the the galaxies that you're traveling to. There's eight cards for the galaxies, two of each color. Um, the, the same colors that we have for the, the four decks Julius mentioned. Um, and your goal is to launch ships to each of those eight uh, galaxy cards. The way you do this is you're going to basically discard from the top of each deck, or from the top of four of the decks, four matching cards of the same color but of different types. So, so you can so if you want to visit the black galaxy, you need a a black ship. What are the other things? A black um, a black ship, a black a spiral galaxy card, a black star, and a black moon. Yep. And they might have other names. I don't know what the names are. I, and I if you just start those, then you get to travel to the black planet. Or the black, what is it? Planet, universe, solar the system? The black no, galaxy. Galaxy, okay. So that's all you got to do in the game. You just got to discard the right combination eight times from the top of the deck. Sure. <laughs> Sounds easy enough. I was expecting you to lead in with some of the control that you get on the decks. Uh... Yes. It, do we want to say anything else about the components before we get more into the rules, though? Sure. Let's go ahead and pause for a second. So each of the card decks theoretically should be identifiable on the back quickly and easily about what type of thing it is. And the way they do that is by each of the backs have in the center a circle with an icon to show that. For me, I didn't find that to be the the best means of identification because like when I pulled it out originally, I didn't realize it because it's the much bigger element is the white, black, orange, and 
purple, whatever it is, the colors that go around the side of it, like that's much more obvious for what it is. I would have preferred if the backs were more unique between them, like at a very quick glance, you could be able to tell the difference, like even from the corners or full art or something much more distinct about the backs of the decks for what they are than for the, than, than what it is. Yeah, I, I agree. The first time I, I pulled them out, I said, oh, these are the same. And I started shuffling them together. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Whoops. I would have liked them to be a bit more distinct. Absolutely, um, yeah. Also, because of the way everything is laid out, when you start flipping it over, you may not realize, unless you keep a firm grasp on which one is you know, the galaxies and which one is the types, you may forget like which one's which. And after a couple times, that's fine. But having some token or card or something to be like galaxies here types here or something to lay out to make that just a bit easier would have been a little bit less complication for me in that regard. Mm-hmm. I always lay my cards with the galaxy in the top and the types in the bottom. And yeah. That- and that's how you're supposed to do it. Yep. But the first, even though that's how you're supposed to do it, the first couple times I, I was playing, I forgot that. Mm-hmm. and messed it up and it's a little bit of a learning curve yeah, yeah. it's just something visible to remind you would have made that just a touch easier and it could be that the one problem solves the other if the backs were more apparent it would have perhaps solved that because as soon as you flip one over like there it is there's the back to remind you so maybe that would have made it easier for me to remember but I, just those two issues those two issues made a game that focuses so much on the cards require me to play a time or two until I develop the habit correctly about how to do it. One thing I noticed about the game and you know, it's not at all important, but I thought it was a little bit interesting is that it seems to be largely void of any of the uh, denizens of the universe. Like all the other games feature all sorts of, you know, creatures and whatnot. Mm. The only time they show up really seems to be the, the mirrors expansion. There's these robotic looking guys that they may just be robots. They might not be people who knows. That and I think some of the, the butterflies stars. Are. Hmm? The, well, I guess the, the butterflies and the stars might be alien life forms from the distant galaxies, but I don't know that it's entirely clear. Honestly, it's it's kind of it it, <laughs> it feels a little little different because of that. Because um, you know, you're not fighting for specific people. You're not seeing lots of people in the game. Huh. <laughs> which you know it truly doesn't really matter but i thought it was a little bit i thought it was interesting i don't disagree i had not even thought about that like you even note the we we haven't mentioned it um as with all the other ones when you open it up the it develops a scene that you can see and so you can see into the mm-hmm. the observatory and realizing that the observatory is like barren of people there's no one there there's nothing, yeah, no one. The the only reason I think the stars are denizens is because on the side of the box, when you look at the player count, for it says one or two players, and you see two little stars with eyes on them. So I'm guessing, oh, okay, I guess those are people. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's something it's something to think about, I guess. The board that brings is it's a fine board, it's a simple board. It's using the expansion. I was surprised there's a whole board in this game, and then. Surpri- even more surprised to learn that it was just for the expansion. Yeah. The the meeple this time is the 
Glaucus Sun. I'd not heard this word before, to my knowledge. Um, I looked it up. You know what Glaucus means? Does that not have to do with sugars? Uh, a dull grayish green or blue color. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So it's a sun that's not bright at all. Right, which isn't like much like the the dark house instead of a lighthouse. Yeah, but this thing is alive. I mean, you talk about a denizen. It's a thing that's alive and wants to kill us. That's true. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> the big baddie in this time. And he's used with that expansion. He he moves around on the board. That's that's its purpose in this game. And somehow we defeat the sun that wants to kill us by launching expeditions. By launching expeditions with four distinct galaxies. And I guess yeah, sure. building a, a union. <laughs> Uh, yeah, know, sure. Cosmic League or something. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows why? Or, or we're just sending humans out to the other planets, you know, while ours falls apart in earthquakes and whatnot. Yeah, perhaps we've already started to talk about the theme, um, that the theme is maybe not there. I don't know. I actually felt like this, uh, we've mentioned it for all the other ones, this one continues to feel dreamy because planets and galaxies are weird in ways that wouldn't happen in real life. And so mm-hmm, that all mm-hmm. feels dreamy and weird to me. Um, living suns feels dreamy and weird to me. So I think it manages to do it, even though we are having some issues as we're talking about the theme. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's even a little bit Lovecraftian with the cosmic horror this time around. <laughs> oh, one other comment as I'm looking through things um, about the components. So there are four victory cards per per galaxy. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way the victory cards work is essentially you're trying to launch an expedition to that planet in that nebula. So the cards are essentially zooming in as you are approaching that planet and getting closer and closer and closer to arrive. And, if you stack them correctly. So essentially as you go, you get closer and closer. The, the expedition that you've launched keeps getting closer. I'm a little surprised there isn't like anything obvious laying that out or being like one, two, three, four. Like you have to look at me like, Oh, this one is the closer one. This one's the farther one. Like there's no other indication about numbering of anything like that. But if you line it up, I was like, Oh, that's a really neat little thematic element. Hmm. Yeah, I had never noticed that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that that is a that is clever. And you know, they tell you to use first two of them, and then add the other two for expansions, and and they mark which are the expansion versions. I don't know why they even bothered marking them because they look exactly. I mean, they function exactly the same. They do. You just need two or four, dep- or two, well, some number depending. On well, how some playing. number. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I think we've talked plenty about components. Yes. And we've talked about the theme. You know, it's, it's, it's annoying. Good enough for us. Yeah. Uh, gameplay. Well, let me talk about the rules first. Okay, rules. So, first of all, just a comment. Um, this is the first one that's been done by Inpatience, I believe. Um, or at least the first mm-hmm. one that's only done by Inpatience. They don't put their rules online, apparently. Really? Yeah. So, um, stop doing that. <laughs> I wonder if it's an oversight or something or interesting. I don't know. Apparently they never have. I did some research into it. Apparently they never have. They apparently don't want to. I think that's not a good plan, but hey, okay. But uh, yeah, just wanted to call that out. Um, A second comment about the rules. So 
setting aside the issue that the rules aren't accessible if you want to learn about the game, um, or if you want to look over the game without playing on the rulebook, the rules are are just fine as with many of the other rules of as with many of the other Oniverse games. The rules are just fine. Again, it introduces to you what to play, how to play, um, and then again introduces the different expansions and how to integrate them and all the different ones. So I think it has the same similar type of comment as as with all of the other ones, that it's just fine. Um works perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. One interesting thing to note for me um, is that the game gives you a little helpful hint suggestion. When you're organizing your decks, put the decks rotated a specific way so that you can so that you're hiding the card element that is matched to everything else, but visible the card element that is being removed. That way you can keep track and know what is in your deck still. They have never given you those kind of hints in any of the other games. Like, <laughs> here's how to do well. Keep track of hint. the game by doing this. And I was like, you know, every other game we have to find out these little tips and tricks by ourselves. Like, line up the ships in Arion. Uh, keep track of the ones you've discarded in Nautilion. Like, all the rest of the time it's like, figure out a method of keeping track of all this information yourself. We're not going to tell you how (laughs) apparently someone got the message and like, maybe we should find ways to make sure that this information is visible and easily integrated. So people can figure it out and put it on there. Maybe we should. (laughs) And you know what? I think with this game too, it's even more important than with any of the other ones. Cause this one, I definitely found it much harder to, to keep track of things and know what's going on. I don't know that it's, more important than any of the other ones. I think it's equally important, probably all the other ones, but it's super important in this one. I just think it's super important. All the other ones mm-hmm. too. I, f- I found this game much harder than the rest. And because I think because of it hard to keep track of stuff and, and knowing which choices to make. Oh, well, do uh, you leave your deck up like that? So that you know what's in the decks? No, I did. I missed that. I never thought of doing that. Well, why are you not reading the rule book? <laughs> I guess I didn't. I guess I missed that little note. Yeah, yeah that game. that would make the game maybe that made that would make the game easier for me because this this was a really hard game I thought really really hard. Um, one thing, uh, one other thing about the rulebook that I like is this one has a handy reference on the back page, on the back two pages, I guess, which uh, especially the first few games you'll be referencing a lot. One, the last page has reference for the the main game, and the page before that has reference for all the expansions. And they're definitely handy. I did constantly use that that last page, especially. Yes. Which is nice, because I think that's the first time any of the universe games have had anything like that. Uh, usually it's on a card on the actual game. Mm, okay, that's true. Or or throughout the cards, but I, I like the way it was here. It's just one simple reference place for everything. Yeah. And, and easy to find and, and big, you know, relatively big. It's not a giant book either. All right, so let's move on to the gameplay then. Okay, so we've kind of described it already, right? You're trying to manage your decks to get to the uh, your co- to to launch ships to go to the different galaxies. Your goal is to visit all eight galaxies before your decks run out. If you're not able to visit all eight, you lose the game. the The main aspect of the game is managing those decks. The way you do it is by discarding cards from the top of decks. If each turn you either Visit a galaxy by discarding four cards of the matching color and different types, or discard any two cards 
any two cards that match. Well, yes, you ha- they have to match, and you get a bonus for that matching, and if they're the same color, the bonus is bigger. The type of bonus you get depends on the type of card. So if you dif- discard ship cards, for example, that lets you go through one of the decks and choose a card and put it on the top of the deck. So that lets you get just the card you need, um, hopefully to visit a, 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 one of the galaxies. If, you, if the two cards you discard, the two ship cards are the same color, then you get to pick two cards and put them on top of their decks. So even more powerful. Uh, likewise, if you discard from the galaxy deck, let's look at the back of the rule book. What does that one do again? It lets you choose cards from the discard pile and put them back into their deck. So it lets you recycle cards they've already spent. The stars, if you discard those, you get to, if you discard two that don't match, you look, you choose two decks one at a time, shuffle them, look at the top two cards, choose one to put at the bottom and the other one on the top face up. You know, you do that twice. If they match, you get to do it four times, which is nice. So that's a way to, not as, not as good as looking for a specific card in your deck, but let you fish through your deck and hopefully find the card you're looking for. And the planet one lets you, or the moon, I guess, lets you put a card in the observatory. The observatory is those four decks, one of the top cards, and put it in the outpost. The outpost is an area that's basically just to the side where you could put cards from the from the decks and set them aside for later. The, the restrictions there is all the cards in the outpost have to match in color, and you can't have two of the same type in there. This way you could potentially, if you have like three black cards and you really wanted like refresh those decks maybe you could put those in the outpost potentially clear them up to find other stuff and now you could do more things so that's your whole game you're going to just keep doing that discarding cards or playing cards and sometimes adding cards back into the deck and shuffling the decks just trying to manipulate those decks to get the cards you need on top so you could uh, visit your galaxies like i said if you if you visit all eight you win the game if you if you don't lose that's basically the game right there the, the base game i think yeah you miss anything yeah, I, well, no, you did not miss anything. Do you want to give thoughts on the base game, or shall we explain the expansions first? I yeah, we could talk about the base game real quick. I liked it. I like the base game. Um, it it feels like it's it's luck based, you know, definitely because there's there's not a whole lot of different things you could do. At first, it seems easy enough, right? But um, you gotta be careful because if you discard, for example, too many black ships, because you're saying, oh, this is really handy ability. It lets me find the card I want. Later on, you realize you no longer have black ships, and you're not going to be able to visit those black galaxies because you need four of each type. You need each type of ship, a, a sun, a galaxy, and uh, or a constellation, I think it might be called, and a moon. So, so it's a little tricky managing which cards you're discarding and choosing to keep, and you know, you do what you can. You have no choice. There, there is one thing I forgot. There, there, the four shooting star tokens that you get, or actually, you you get you start with one. They, that I like how they did the shooting star thing. You you get one at the beginning, and you could use it as basically as a wild. So you could discard it in in place of uh, having the fourth card that you need, and that lets you complete a galaxy a trip with just three cards. And per the rules, the amount that you get varies. You're mm-hmm. supposed to start with I, I don't remember how much it is. Just oh, one. You're supposed to start with just one. You're right. You start with just one. If you've lost before. You could get extra if you've won before. You get less. So sort of like you're keeping track every time you play how much it is that you're supposed to start with mm-hmm. and kind of vary the difficulty that way. And I thought that was really neat how they did that. One, it presupposes that you play the game. Yeah, I like that. I think that might be my favorite 
idea here. Honestly, it's so neat because it's so, it almost makes it like a legacy thing or something, right? Yeah. Or a campaign game. It presupposes you're going to play the game multiple times, um, which, you know, mm-hmm. we certainly do. Um, yeah. But I like how it just sort of like keeps track of it and keeps the difficulty balanced per the rules. I do. I would have done something similar to that anyway, like for our uh, Arion, which has the butterflies. I do something similar anyway, but it's nice that, the, again, the rules like calling out, hey, here's the obvious thing you should do. Do the obvious thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a neat mechanic. I, I like that. And that does help. I think I'm up to three shooting stars now when I played last. So you've lost a bunch. And I think it brings like six or something. <laughs> six yes. or eight. But it does say that by the base game, you can only have four max. Okay. Cause yeah, and I don't think you need four. Honestly, I'm finding I could win the base game with a shooting star with just one. Not too mm-hmm. bad. It it is a bit random, I guess, but I haven't had much trouble with it. And I think because there's less to keep track of. Well, in my opinion, with the base game, um, I think the base game's really easy. Certainly with one shooting star, I think it's pretty easy. I may I mean the first few times I lost because I forgot which one's which and just made silly mistakes about what to what to flip and things but once i started to remember where everything is i won most of the time and even went down to having no shooting star tokens and still won frequently enough so i enjoy the base game i think the core mechanic is fun but i think that it's a little bit bland just the base game there's when you only have one knob to turn and you're turning that knob multiple times over and over and over again, it starts to feel bland and starts to feel a little bit easy, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You must stack your discard pile so you can see everything in there. <laughs> I most definitely do. And I mean, it just, it, the thing feels bland. It doesn't feel like there's enough mechanics in the base game. One other comment, I had written this down, and I probably should have mentioned it more during the components, but I think this game, more than the others, requires sleeping, because this game also has a lot of shuffling, and there's small decks that are just kind of hard to shuffle. Ah, yes. I did sleeve it. Yeah. And and you you get down to three or two, you know, it's hard to shuffle that. It does fit in the box. I didn't need to get a box expansion like I did with Onirim. Um, I did paper craft an insert to hold the box. So I had to ditch the plastic insert. Oh, okay. Um, but I did a paper craft set of deck box, uh, deck holders, some trays for everything that's in it. And I, I, I'm starting to do this paper craft insert for a lot of things now, now that I have my cricket. Um, mm-hmm. And I like doing it a lot. So they're, they're very nice and handy and not very expensive. So I keep doing it. I did one for this one and I like it very much. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah, this insert actually I gave me a little bit of trouble. I find it really hard to get the the Glaucus Sun out of its slot. I haven't had trouble with any of the other games with that, but this one, for I just, my fingers just don't fit in the little thing in there. I don't have that issue. I end up anymore. having to flip the whole thing over to get it out sometimes. Yeah, I don't have that issue anymore. <laughs> All right, so expansions then. Yes. So let me talk about the different expansions. So the first expansion that we have is the black holes. Um, with the black holes, they are essentially chaff in your various decks. They don't do anything. You can't flip them to coordinate and get bonus actions. They're just going to be stuck. Um, additionally, mm-hmm. when you're using black holes, you have to add in five extra destination cards. So there's a lot more that you have to do. 
but the black holes can be used to like teleport through the black holes or something. If you have four black hole cards up, you get to do three destination cards all at once. You're going to need to do that, but it's kind of hard because you can't stack them. You can't use them. So as you're building up to getting those four black holes, you're literally stuck with a whole bunch of black holes that you can't use. So very much risk reward. I have had a Mm -hmm. couple times where I've managed to do two travels with the four black holes. um, And I feel like you kind of really want to do that to need to do that. So it's useful, but that is the trick of the black holes. The next one of the theories and discoveries. There are four theory tokens. Before we talk about the next one, how do you like the black holes expansion? Oh, let's do each of them individually. So for the black holes expansion, I like this one. Um, again, basically I'm going to have the same comment for all of the expansions, which is extra knobs and extra depth is good. (laughs) All of them are good here. Spoiler for all of them. When I play normally now, I play all the expansions. I can't think of another Oni Rim game where that is my default, but I play with all of the expansions. So I enjoy the black holes. I think that having an extra big bonus you can do is good having both something to be scared of and something that you're driving for at the same time, that push pull is it's, it's a nice thing to have in the game when you have a push pull, when you have something both good and bad at the same time. Yeah. I, I like this one. The, I don't mind the, the, like you said, the shaft, like where it gets your, your deck potentially stuck where you can't do anything with those, with those four decks, three or three decks while you're waiting for the fourth card to show up. You can some manipulate them some by discarding cards to reshuffle decks and all that, but mm-hmm. you can also don't want to because if you get that fourth or not soon, that that lets you clear out, that lets you visit with three different galaxies, three at the same time. Yeah. Yep. There's some strategy to it. There's yep. strategy to when you want to do it, when you want to avoid it. Yep. So so you added five galaxies to your deck, but this lets you explore six of them. Theoretically. Yeah, the, if if you get them all right, and you, I think you can. Can you do it without doing that? I I think it's yeah. really hard. Otherwise, well, okay. Yeah, I've I've done it both ways. Nice. Okay, I don't know, I don't think I've succeeded without using them. I just always try every time. The what's interesting is right. So you normally have eight galaxies. This added five more, which is a lot, right? Brought it up to thirteen. As Julia said at the beginning, there's there's total four of each. So normally you have two of each. You're adding five. You're probably gonna add one. More of each plus a fourth one for another type. Yeah, technically it's random. So the next one that we have is the theories and discoveries. So with the with these, you get an extra discovery token where it's a bonus ability that you're gonna get in every game in, in throughout the whole game. So it's enhancing one of the different coordinate actions. It's like it could be enhancing the ships or it could be enhancing the galaxies, like you get to do two of them when you move them out, or you get to shuffle one to your deck and one on top of your deck. So just enhancing one of them, which likely means you're going to be taking that particular action more over the course of the game. You only get mm-hmm. one of them every game, so there's a lot of replayability if you're using the different discovery tokens. So there have been sometimes like, well, I've never had this discovery token come up. Guess which one I randomly got. <laughs> so... I, I don't think you always have to follow the rules into it randomly, right. but that's at least how it's designed. And then the counter to that is one, you have an extra destination you have to get to, but two, there's these theory tokens you have to do. The theory tokens, you have to spot on top of each deck, three of the cards that's one. So like it may say, find three ships. So you have to have three ships up there. You don't discard them. You just spot them. And when you spot it, you can pitch that theory. And then you have to do, 
three planets, three nebula, whatever, mm. whatever all of them go through. You have to get through all those by the end of the game. Yeah, so you go through all four one at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's an extra little goal that you have to do in addition to the destinations. Again, there's a push pull for that because on the one hand, you got to get three in a row, but whenever you get two in a row already, you're like, well, two in a row is a coordinate action. Do I want to use that to do the coordinate action or do I want to wait and try and angle towards uh, a theory? Similarly, Mm -hmm. three in a row means that there are all three ships and you need one of each type of thing to be able to advance your main objective. It's like, you've got two. I don't want to. I want a ship and a planet, not two ships. So there's, again, a push and pull that's creating for those dynamic decisions. And again, I enjoy the way the theories have enhanced that game. The biggest problem for me is that sometimes I'll be like forgetting about the theories as I'm planning everything else out. Like, oh gosh, it's the end of the game and I've totally forgot to do any of the theories. (laughs) I've lost. (laughs) Yeah. Or or once in a while I'll I'll play and I'll say, you know, I forgot to check last round if I had that or not. And I might have, and it's too late now. Yeah. Because I've shuffled my deck again. So that, you know, that's long gone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 could be tricky with that one. Um I didn't have too much tr- too much trouble with it, a little bit, but not too much. I like this one again. Um when I played, I started with expansion one, then I added two, then I added three, then I added four. I didn't try each one individually. So I don't have a good sense of how they feel individually, but I don't think this was too bad in terms of difficulty. It doesn't add a lot, and I, and I like like you said, I like what it adds. It adds more more push and pull, more choices, and more things to think about, without really adding a lot of complexity at all. Exactly. And only one more planet galaxy to visit. Not too bad. So the next one we have is mirrors and orbits. The way the mirror cards work is that they're a extra bonus card in the different decks because they are used to let you coordinate without having to waste an actual card of it. It's like you can use a mirror and a ship to do the ship coordinate action. Um, So there's a lot more flexibility that they offer. But on the flip side, um, normally your destination cards are in whatever order you want. Here, the destination cards are in a specific order. You have to shuffle them all up, deal them into two columns. You can only ever do a destination from the bottom of one of the two columns. And that's that's about it. It's not very complicated. Um, I didn't enjoy the mirrors themselves too much, um, mostly because at this point in time, the mirrors only do like the lower level power, not the really identical one. So they weren't really great. Like I wasn't ever happy that they showed up in my deck. I would never shuffle back in a mirror card. I'd shuffle back in a ship card or whatever it was. I don't think you can shuffle them back in even. Um, it could be. I never would want yeah, to. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. But yeah, I agree. You, you don't want to anyway, even even if you can. But oh yeah, you're right. Discarded mirror cards can never be recovered. You're correct. I do like them because uh, because it lets you do an action effectively with just one card. You know, every time you do an action, you're getting rid of two cards from your deck that you really would love to use for for voyaging. Yeah. Well, this way, I got to discard just one card and a mirror. That wasn't but, good for anything else anyway. But I tried to use the major powers as much as I could instead of the minor mm-hmm. powers. And now I'm essentially doing uh, one card action, but it's a minor power instead of doing a two card major power. I'm not sure that's really a better value, but they're there and they exist. For me, what I found more interesting was the restriction of choices because especially as I'm playing with more expansions, if my choice is, Hey, 
A or B, these are all you get as opposed to all of them. So instead of having four options, you only have two or maybe even only one option. It narrows the decision tree down and makes it a bit easier to keep track and plan and focus your decisions on trying to make a plan that matches up more aligned with that, as opposed to just letting the world be oyster and doing whatever method is that you want. So it's harder and requires more planning, but it's not like open air, just do whatever you want. And I enjoyed again, the opportunity to have to make that specific plan. So for me, I enjoyed more just the changing objectives than the mirror cards. Hmm. I did not enjoy the, the, the changing objectives, those orbit cards and having, having your galaxies ordered too much because it felt too often the uh, the order of the cards, you know, it's the cards I'm drawing in my decks are just not matching what I need at all. And you know, there's if they're not coming up, there's not coming up, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Sometimes, my solutions for that would be to put like a whole set of four over in the observatory because I knew I wasn't coming up with it till later. For example, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes that's a good idea. But uh, I do find I did find that part not as fun. I, I kind of like I like the mirror cards. The um, what just occurred to me though is maybe especially if you're playing with the uh, the black holes and revelations expansion where you have five other cards, you've now added the five from that and one from here. Maybe instead of having two columns, I could play with three columns, mm. and it would still offer a little bit of that challenge without being too too overwhelming or difficult for me. So I have to try that. That's a nice house rule. I like it. Uh, but yeah, and this one again added one more of the galaxy cards. So so far we've added five and one and one. That's seven out of the eight available. I wonder where the last one is. Yes, we <laughs> add the last one. Um, it's adding the last one, but perhaps the bigger import of this one is the whole sun. There's a track that this Glaucus sun is is traveling towards. If the sun gets all the way towards the end, then the sun blows up the planet, and that's it. Every time you do an action, it moves it along. It moves along a certain amount. If you score a destination, it moves it four. If you do a major power, it moves it two. If you do a minor power, it just moves it one. Your goal in general is going to be to push it back. Um, you can do a minor power, and instead of doing the regular action, you move it back four. You could do a major power instead of the regular action, you move it back eight. Along the way, there are these little asteroids. If you push it back, you can send it along a side path and make it land on an asteroid. If it lands on an asteroid, you get to collect that asteroid or meteor or whatever it is. You get to collect that Mm -hmm. meteor, and every two of them can be used to score a destination card. There's four possible to collect. And part of the difficulty is you'll want to use the full eight or four steps back to land right on that meteor, because otherwise you're essentially wasting actions that you can otherwise, you know, wasting extra time. So you want to land it completely accurately as much as possible. And trying to manage when and how to do that is another layer. Yeah. Yeah. Another layer. For me, I felt like this game added a lot of the tension and drama that was lacking in the original one because I never felt like there was anything pushing me to finish. I mean, my deck was sort of running out, but that didn't feel like something scary <laughs> is coming. You look at mm-hmm. Nautilian and uh, not Nautilian. Yeah, Nautilian. You look at Nautilian, there's the evil 
uh, the evil ship coming at you, and there's the lighthouse over there. And you look at Onirim, and it's the nightmare is about to jump on you. And you look at uh, Sylveon, and the fire is coming at you. All of those feel like there's stress and tension. Without the Glaucus sun, it feels like an empty world. And maybe this is even more highlighted from your comment from the beginning of the game. The world feels empty. There's no one else here. When finally there's a Glaucus sun coming at you, finally I feel like there's something coming at me. Finally <laughs> I feel like my adrenaline's pumping. It's danger time. You get halfway through that track. You're like, I need to push it like all the way back. I'm in trouble. Things are coming. It's coming down to the line. When I finish with the Glaucus sun, I feel a real sense of relief and victory that I finished as opposed to the other one. Like, okay, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like cheering when I beat the Glaucus sun and I never get that from the other ones, which is why I will never ever play without the Glaucus sun. No, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, when when I played this last, I was using all the expansions. It, it was just a lot, and it was a bit overwhelming. I didn't do. I actually did well. It it felt more epic. Actually, that's that's the thing about this game. Once you've added all the expansions, it feels very big and epic. And I didn't get that from any of the other games. Yeah. Even when I had the expansions, it feels like a, and it's so much more complex. It's a long, slower game compared to all the other ones. Very much more, more so a thinky game for me. I I'm. You have got to try it when you have everything up in front of you because the game flows fast and smooth for me because I can really see what I'm missing and what needs to happen and where where I mm-hmm. need to be focusing on. Like I know usually you got to get you know across the bottom for all the things and then one from the top and like there's stuff to focus on on, on where it is that you're pulling things. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that may help. Though. I've, the, my only issue is with that is that it, it takes up so much space already it feels like it's kind of a big game and that just spreading out the discard piles will make it bigger so i think that's why i've been hesitant to do anything like that but it'll help so yeah i'll have to try it absolutely so final for me i did very much enjoy the game but you have to throw all the expansions there for me to enjoy it i thought without the expansions it was a little bit too dull. There's not enough knobs and dials to turn. I really did not enjoy it more than Arion. I think it, it pales in comparison to Arion because with Arion, mm. there's two knobs that interplay. There's a push and a pull between the dice and the cards about maybe the dice are all bad or the cards and you have to push between the two of them. There's push and pull. There's that interplay. And with this one, everything all being in the cards just did not feel dynamic enough to me to really be that stunning so while i i did really enjoy it i just wasn't blown away by it hmm, interesting i i like it i i like it a lot the the mechanic is interesting i don't think i enjoyed the shuffling too much i don't mind it in on Aaron, but in this one because the main mechanic is just shuffling your decks i think it does happen here more than there and they're not big cumbersome decks so it's easy to shuffle easy enough right. but a lot and more I mean, shuffling. Minor sleeve, so it turns out relatively easily for me. And and I don't want to sleeve him because I don't want to put a, I don't want to get rid of my insert. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, so that that's what happens. The, it's more thinky though, and I think if I'm going to play this, it's going to take me longer, and it's it's going to be a bigger game. I wouldn't pick this if I wanted a small, simple, fast experience like say Onlyverse or or any of the other games. For me, it's it's much more epic. Some of them feel more epic, like Nautilian feels less epic than mm-hmm. Arion mm-hmm. for me. But yeah. 
it's a pretty neat game though. I'm I'm happy with it. I'm I'm quite uh happy with this. And I think I don't know exactly where I'd rank it, but I'd say it's definitely in the top half. I haven't really given it a lot of thought on how I rank all the games, I guess. Not too much, but yeah. I'd say this is okay. in the top half of them. Okay. I mean, it's in the ones that I like, but it's not in the best ones for me. Okay. So that's that's my ranking method. I've got three categories. Ones I don't like, ones I like, ones that I really like. Nice. Okay. And you said there's ones that you really like. This is this is in the ones that I like. That you like. Okay, okay. So with that, I think the sun is about set on this game. Ah, <laughs> nice. And on our series, un- until they publish another game. I don't think we'll go through them all again for the next game. <laughs> It could be an annual event. Maybe maybe we'll wait till all of it is all done. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll just wait like another 10 years. Yep. There we go. All right. 20th anniversary <laughs> show. Until the sun has come back around again. <laughs> another cycle. Awesome. Thank you, Julius. And thank you, everyone. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.